0: Hey everybody, welcome to the You Were Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo. I'm your host, Father John. I'm the executive director of Axe 29, where we talk about anything and everything related to transforming parishes. And as usual, I'm here with my co-host Nick Mary.
1: Guys, we've had a lot of coffee today.
2: Yes, we have. It's because we had a very big lunch.
1: We had a huge lunch, thank you, Lord, for some good friends great, great, visiting down at the office today.
0: Yeah, great combo, right? Heavy lunch, a lot of coffee. Good luck to the listeners. Look out. Nick, what's the topic? Today's topic
1: is talking about how useless friends are. I love this. The uselessness of friends. And, of course, we have to pray into this today, like we always do, Father John, so take us there.
0: Yeah, let's do that. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Father, we just offer this time to you right now. We thank you for uh, the gift of friendship with one another, for the people that you've put into our lives, for the friendship that we share with your Son— and through him with you by the power of the Spirit. Lord, we pray for each and every person listening right now who is especially experiencing loneliness and who's struggling with uncertainty and isolation and the frustration of these days that we're living in. We just pray that this would be a time of refreshment for all of us and that you'd continue to increase within us hope. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, you know, we we often do this when we lead priests on retreat, right? So a lot of our work over the last year has been uh, leading diocesan convocations. And I often start by spending the first, you know, introductory talk, if you will, just talking about my own experience of priestly life and the challenges that I've gone through and whatnot. And that seems to just, it kind of creates a space, if you will. For guys just to have permission to be real, right? And it, it's not intended to be a time to wallow and like, oh, my life is terrible. But it, it is just a chance yeah. to acknowledge that things, are, things can be challenging for us. And then that opens up an opportunity for God's grace to move and to say, okay, so let me help you get out of that. Yeah. Right? And so uh, that's really kind of the, the image that we have in mind as we keep talking about what's going on. So, you know, maybe just let's just take a moment right now. Here it is. It's the middle of August hard to believe and acknowledge where we are because where we are looks grim mm-hmm. or it at, at, at least uncertain right so I mean we, we had uh, we had food delivered to the uh, to the office today for lunch and it happened to be uh, from the place where we had our last meal together mm-hmm. back in March and we can all remember we were talking about this sitting at the table in lunch looking at each other going, I have no idea when we're gonna see each other again. Like, they're gonna close everything down, we can tell, we know it, and boom, next day, it happened, and then we entered into this era that we're in right now, and um, without uh, romanticizing the time back then, I think, at least for myself, there was there was a sense of, okay, let's just, let's hunker down, um, I don't know what's coming, but I think I can do this for you know I don't know a few weeks, maybe a month or something like that, and then um,
2: yeah, we kind of entered into that thinking it was going to be just for a time, and for introverts like myself, I thought I I think this is a sweet gig. I I think I can get into this. It's going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) But now, Nick, right here we are. For
1: raging extroverts like myself, it felt like (laughs) doomsday. I could see you guys. You were crying already at lunch that day. It's it's true. (laughs) But so now here we are. It's August, and what? Yeah, so I mean, it's August. Usually, at this point, at least for myself, I am pumped because it's about to be football season. And uh, I'm a Husker fan, and basically, we just lost football season, you know? So, football season's getting canceled. School, I mean, I I have tons of siblings with school aged kids, you know, myself included. And it's just, you know, what you're looking at school like, are they going to stay home? Are they going to go to school? How are we going to do this? Some families have. Two working parents. How the heck are we going to... I mean, there's so much to figure out again, if you will, and a lot of stress and, 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 and discouragement there. I mean, we're look at, looking at dispensations from mass. I mean, a lot, some of them, at least locally, were through um, Labor Day. More than likely, those are going to get extended for quite some time. And so, it's just going to continue. We started with flatten the curve, and now we're kind of in like, hey, there's no goals. <laughs> right. We're just in limbo.
2: Hanging in the gap.
1: Yeah, and there there's there's no end
0: in sight right i mean that's that's the challenging and we are exhausted you know all of us oh yeah right so we've been in, we've been on a number of conversations with priests both here locally in detroit with some guys around the country and um they're sharing with us what they're going through you know uh, the, they're more and more uh a universal experience um they're tired. They were already tired before this. They're overwhelmed. They're they're more isolated than normal. We've never been here before. And so they're sitting there going like, I don't know if my school's going to open up this fall. I don't know how we're going to do RCIA. I still don't have people coming to mass and the numbers that they used to. I don't know when that's going to change. Uh, I've got families that don't come because they're afraid because of their kids. So priests are, you know, trying to grapple with uh, this unique situation. And here we are, we're entering into the normally the busiest time of the year. And it's major unknown, right? And that's that's priests. What about families? What are you guys going through?
2: Well, I know for at least myself, I mean, this it's personally close to home. There's a lot of people out there struggling with the inability to see loved ones who are ill or are in nursing homes. Uh, my husband's father has been in a nursing home for a year and a half since COVID began. No one's been able to see him. Uh, my mom had a stroke in May. She was, uh, she was in the hospital and then rehab and then moved to an assisted living place. And as she recovers physically, emotionally, she's struggling because she can't see family. She. No one can go into the facility. No one can. We can't bring her out, and so I. I just think the fact that people are ill or are dying alone, like that's just a massive struggle for people. Yeah, the loneliness of the elderly oh, is just. It's, it's just heartbreaking. heartbreaking. It yeah. is. And then, there's, and then there's parents who are struggling to figure out, I think you said this a little bit earlier, like what does education look like? What does schooling yeah. look like? Yeah. Some people are struggling with the inability to pay for private school tuition because they've lost their jobs. Others are trying to navigate this new network of homeschooling, which is a brand new thing for many people. So there's, just a, there's that and there's a host of things.
1: Yeah, and, you, I mean, and, just, and just real brief, you, know, you think about the challenges of trying to raise a family in this culture, right? And you just layer on, tremendous frustration and division. I mean, regardless of where your opinion and thoughts are, there is so much division being spread constantly. I mean, even now down the school, even now down the families in schools, you right. know, like, what should we do? What's the right thing to do? And, and, it, and the opportunity for division is, is fracturing relationship, and that's so much of what this podcast is about.
0: Yeah, and, you know, then you get the whole economic crisis. The job, like, I heard the news last week, you know, there were only 960-some-thousand new claims filed for unemployment. Only. It was the first time in 20 weeks or 21 weeks uh, that the new claims had been uh, was less than a million. We went 20 consecutive weeks of a million new unen- unemployment claims being hmm. filed. So I mean, there's there's just stresses like crazy, right? Um,
2: All of this is to say, I don't care whether you're single, whether you're a priest, whether you're a family, moms and dads. This is touching. Each and every one of us.
1: But yeah. why are we doing this? We want to acknowledge where we're at so we can move forward and invite the Lord into that. But we don't want to wallow in it, right? We don't want to—this is not a news flash here at <laughs> X29. You know, like, this <laughs> is just, just to say, hey, look, we're all here, we're all exhausted, we're all tired, we're all experiencing these different things. Wow. <laughs> this kind of sucks. <laughs> but now let's, let's move on. As we're kind of opening this up, I, I feel like the, the Holy Spirit just wants to say— uh, a reminder from maybe a previous podcast we did, just do the next right thing. Mm.
0: Yeah,
1: that's right. Like, You don't know what to do? Do the next right thing and keep moving like that right. with the Lord. Anyway. Yeah, and, and, and again,
0: so um, it's important in times like this to just give yourself permission to step back a moment and go, okay, um, I'm in a traumatic situation, Right. Now, I don't know what you guys do. For me, when I'm in tough times, challenging times, I often try to look back at um, older brothers and sisters, especially in the faith, but not always in the faith. Just looking at, I love history. So, you know, people in earlier times that were challenging uh, or maybe even brutal times. And I, I look at that and, and I look at it really to be inspired and to see what it is that the human person can do mm-hmm. by God's grace. And one of the things that I often do is. Um, I was trying to think of how to say this, like, I'm not a fan of World War II, you know, like I'm a, well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of World War II, you know, but, but I'm intrigued by the history of World mm-hmm. War II. My dad was a vet. Uh, he fought in the war. He was in it for five years, four years, and um, it, 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 it's the most horrific time in history that, you know, I can remember and um, hearing about from his life. And, and so I often um, I, I particularly am drawn to what the people of England hmm. experienced during World War II read a lot of books on Churchill a lot of books on what was going on in England, in England at the time you know there were there were 76 consecutive nights of air raids in Whoa. the city of London that's just I mean, 76 consecutive nights that, that's somewhat mind-boggling even more so uh, than that to me uh, there was a blackout <laughs> in England right at least the city of London um, from September 1st, 1939, until April 23rd, 1945. Mm. So from September of 1939 to April of 45, the lights were out in London. Wow. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm just like, what in the world? How, how do you live like that? And so I was reading a book not too long ago talking about this and I was talking to uh, a friend of ours and just she was sharing her own experience she does something similar what struck me is that at a certain point the people in England just went um you know what this is frightening I might die I have no idea what's going on there's bombs dropping the lights are off we have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow uh you want to go dancing (laughs) and so the people of London just started like they'd go out to dinner they'd go to clubs they, they they realized, we're going to live. Um, we, we might die tomorrow. We're, we're going to live. And so um, people at a certain point, I'm sure, when they first got together, it was to get together to complain like crazy, to, to kind of, like, shake in fear, right? Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, you could tell they just went, we can't keep we're doing done. this. Like, I don't want to just keep getting together to go, it's so bad. Like, of course it's bad, you know, but... <laughs> Want to go dancing? Yeah, and and so for us right now, like, we we're something similar, right? I mean, what's the analogy? You had a great analogy as we were talking about this earlier, Nick.
1: Yeah, Father John, so we don't have bombs dropping per se, but in a, in a very real way, they didn't have the media on screens in front of them like we do. And so the equivalent of our bombs is the 24-7 news blast, mm. be it social media or formal media outlets, that is just screaming negativity, bad things, frustration, doom and gloom, division, I mean, it's just it's constant bombardment and so so they might have had bombs dropping around them, but we have this kind of mental bombing happening to us and um, we have to turn those off we have to we have we have the choice they didn't have the choice to stop the bomb falling from the air we have the choice to shut the screen or to get the watch off <laughs> or the phone off and mm. and, and be present um, to one another and and, and and not tune into all that stuff. We're talking about all this mm. right now. Because we're not just men and women trying to survive these crazy days, Mm. this crazy time. We're disciples of Jesus. We've been sent on mission, right? And so we're supposed to be salt. We're supposed to be light in this world that is darker and more tasteless, uh, perhaps than
2: ever. Yeah, you're right, Nick. You know, and so what's what's that mission? Hmm. Because it hasn't changed, and it isn't changing. And why is that? Well, it's because Jesus on Easter Sunday began the recreation of the world that was made in him and through him. And our mission is, as his disciples, is to be agents in his hands of recreation and transformation no matter what era we're living in, no matter what the times look like, no matter how bleak things are, the mission remains. And that's whether we're moms and dads, husbands and wives, pastors or whatever. So we can all sit around and talk about this, and we can all acknowledge that we're exhausted, but quitting isn't an option. Mm. So so what has changed is just the manner and the circumstances in which we engage in the mission, and we're all just sitting here right together trying to figure it all out.
0: Yeah, and that just, that right? leads directly into what we, 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 you know, that's a long intro, if you will, to the topic that you introduced, Nick, which is Friends Are Useless, right? So. Where'd that come from? So it comes from this thought of so the mission is to be disciples, to be agents of transformation. The mission never changes. Um, How do we get sustained for this, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, what's going to sustain the disciple and the agent of recreation and transformation, especially in difficult times?
2: Yeah. Uh, I, just the first thing off the top of my head, and I'm sure it's on y'all's hearts too, is clearly one of the things that stains sustains us is prayer, yep. right?
1: So that's a key thing. What else? Yeah, the sacraments. Uh, some of us haven't been to mass or confession in months, and I can't so fathom that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and who knows how long that might last? You
0: know, right? So those are true, and there's other ones too. By all means, good food. <laughs> you know, like, probably <laughs> like a the lot lunch of we things. Just like some golf, right? <laughs> um, these things sustain us, but. We, we, we want to zero in on friendship. Um, I, I can remember one of the most provocative things I've ever heard someone say is that friends are useless. It's, a, it's just this great line. Like, friends are useless. It's like, what do you mean friends are useless? And the point is, because the moment I ascribe a use to somebody, mm. you're no longer my friend. Right. I use you. So friends are people that we don't use. Friends are people um, who are these remarkable manifestations of God's love to us. The the mystics often used to describe um, friendship as the eighth
2: sacrament. I just think that's so beautiful. Yeah,
0: I've always loved that line, too. And people are like, oh, that's great. Who said it? I'm like, I don't know. I got to make up some mystic who said it. I read it somewhere in some book. It's the problem when you read too many books. And I think we were all looking at, you know, the classic uh, C.S. Lewis book, The Four Loves, and particularly that chapter that he writes in there on, um, on friends, the love mm-hmm. of friends, right? Mm-hmm. And there's just some spectacular mm-hmm. quotes. And uh, we didn't want to turn this into a you know book on tape, but um, let, let us just share a couple of these. So Lewis says, friendship is the greatest of worldly goods. Certainly to me, he says, it's the chief happiness of life. If I had to give a piece of advice to a young man about a place to live, I think I should say sacrifice almost everything to live where you can be near your friends. And we shared that advice, I know, on, on a number of occasions. There's some other great
2: quotes. You guys see him here. I, share, share a couple of these quotes, will you? So um, this is one of my favorites. Um, Lewis writes, Friendship arises out of mere companionship when two or more of the companions discover that they have in common some insight <sighs> or interest or even taste which the others do not share and which, till that moment each believed to be his own unique treasure or burden, the typical expression of opening friendship would be something like, what? You two? I thought I was the only one. Yeah, th- and, I, and I know we've all experienced <laughs> yeah. that, and I know our friends out there have experienced Love that. that line. And that's just priceless. Yeah. You
0: too. It's like I'm not alone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a spectacular... That's- thing when it happens right
1: it is amazing another one from lewis right friendship is unnecessary Mm -hmm. like philosophy like art it has no survival value rather it is one of those things which give value to survival
2: it's all so beautiful you know i was um we've all had uh the experience of being with a friend or uh or someone in our family who's passed away and um, I think one of the dearest things that any of us could hear at the end of our life is, "You have been my friend," mm. um, and Scripture bears that out. Uh, Sirach six fourteen. Yeah, you love this. I, this is has long been underlined in my Bible for twenty five plus years. Sirach uh, six says, "A faithful friend is a sturdy shelter. He that has found one has found a treasure." There is nothing so precious as a faithful friend, and no scales can measure his excellence. A faithful friend is an elixir of life. If there is a time that we need a sturdy shelter right now, if there is a time that we need to press into friendship, it's, it's now.
0: Yeah, and I, I always just encourage people constantly. I say to people, I think one of the greatest gifts God's given to me in my life are the friends that I have. You know, our team. Is oh, a tremendous this experience. Of this for, I, for all of us, you know. Mm-hmm. I can say that for me personally. Yeah. Like, I just love hanging out with all of you. I mean, we yeah. we have gotten to know each other very well, very quickly. We love each other's company. We mm-hmm. laugh. We pray. We cry. We get angry. Um, we're real with each other. We're vulnerable with each other. I mean, yeah. the experience. I think one another is what Sirach is saying. Some people don't have that. And I know that. And I just always encourage, if that's you right now, and you're like, wow, I, I wish I had that. Even in these days right now, one of the prayers I can't encourage you to to make enough is just to ask the Lord, Lord, bring into my life a good friend. I mean, God loves to introduce his children to one another, mm-hmm. his friends to one another. He, he's, he's not too busy with what's going on in Lebanon right now. Uh, to take care of this need that you have, so ask Him, Lord, bring especially
1: now into my life good friends. For those of us who've got friends, Nick, yeah, we need to make time for them. I mean, so so some of us are very isolated because of COVID right now, and the the best the best that you have, unfortunately, is screens mm. and phone calls. And and messages, maybe even letters. Writing letters, that lost art. art.
2: Yeah, wouldn't that be something?
1: But making time for friends in any way you can. You know, for those of us who are blessed to be able to get together in person, uh, in in our family units or our neighbors and those kinds of things, spending time getting together is going to strengthen you during this difficult time. It's going to—God's going to minister to you through your friendships. So a, a key to this, though, is to not get together and just moan. And groan and bumble about the latest headline that's upsetting you. Now, again, it can be important to acknowledge where we're at so we can move out of it. But don't just get together for a... You know, a, a moaning session. Get together for. You wanted to say something else there. I did. I yeah, did. Yeah. So I you you know, already I, said I sucks, so. You might as well say it. <laughs> I didn't think you could say that word. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you probably can't. Don't do it. Okay, okay, okay. But so, so don't get together and just and just keep that babbling going. Get together and and move into like you know how are you doing? How are you dealing with all this? You know, how's your family? What, what you know, deal with the frustrations together. Because the reality is, right now we need each other more than ever. Uh, but that's also going to require patience because sometimes. Mm. We're going to fall in those those, those split areas. Someone's going to think the most prudent thing is the kids not to go back to school. Right. And someone else is going to think the prudent thing is to send all the kids back to school. And so if your friend is in a different, quote, opinion than yours, be patient, be kind, dialogue, respect talk, respect. That's right. Uh, we all have different experiences, you know. Uh, my neighbor's, one of his close friends just passed away from COVID. You know, things, things are happening that does really affect people's lives. So bear each other. Um, with kindness and patience.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more, you know, bearing with one another, loving one another, carrying one another's burdens. Um, I just celebrated a birthday last month, and as a result of that, I was in touch with a lot of friends that I hadn't been in touch with, um, primarily because, like, the mission changed, and then, of course, COVID hit. And so um, I was very intentional about saying, hey, we should get together and actually do it, because we say, hey, we should grab lunch, and then you never grab lunch. And I had, I had my friends over to the house. They felt comfortable doing that. We went out for, 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 for lunch, and we, we met in a place that was comfortable for them. And I was just overwhelmed with the sense that we're going to need one another in the days ahead. And so let's not lose these moments. Let's be intentional about carving out time mm-hmm. in the months ahead because we don't know what it's going to look like, but it looks like it's going to get darker. It looks like it's going to get a little bit more difficult, and the reality is no one gets through life mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. Right. right, guys?
0: And, and listening to you both, just to reiterate again, that doesn't mean that we can't be real, we can't be vulnerable, we can't complain, but friends are supposed to lift each other up yeah. out of that. Right? Amen. So, yeah, I want to hear you. I want to acknowledge you. I want to go, yeah, you're right. Boy, that is... It is tough, whether it's sickness, maybe it's the loss of a loved one, the grief yeah. that we're going through on all the different levels that we're going through it. But then, you know, one of the ways Lewis talks about friends are friends, you know, unlike lovers, lovers are two people who are just caught in each other's focus. Mm-hmm. Friends are two people who are staring at the same object. Or as disciples of Jesus, it's two people or more who are staring at the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking in a particular way about Christian friendship right now. So that means we can be real, we can listen to each other, we make time for each other, and then we go, hey, you know what? I hear that. It is hard, but we're not alive right now by chance. Mm-hmm. God's created us for a mission in this world, and we have a part to play in it. And so let's let's dig in. Let's press into him. Let's trust that his grace is sufficient for all things even these times he gave the people in England the grace they needed at that time in the you know late 30s and early 40s he's giving grace to us in our cities right now with all that's happening and our task is to be salt and light and to give hope to the world which has no hope apart from God and of course you know as we're talking about friendship <laughs> the most amazing thing of all is that the one who calls us friend is Jesus, right? So, John fifteen fifteen, Jesus says, you know, I, I no longer call you slaves, I call you friends. You know, the God who made the world, he, he doesn't call y'all friends, he, he, he knows Nick by name, he knows Mary by name, he knows Deacon Steve by name, he knows Chris by name, he knows Kelly by name, he knows me by name, he knows you mm. by name, whoever's listening, he calls you Friend, the God who became man to go to battle against sin and death and Satan and hell and who triumphed. He calls you friend, the God who is Lord right now of heaven and of earth calls you friend. And for some reason, and I don't know why, he loves my company and he loves your company. So mindful of that. Don't be afraid. That's the God that's with you. And He created you for this.